0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money invested in more. Oh, what a market. Apple is rolling over. It was good to be Apple. I own shares of Apple. Um on its march to one trillion dollars. And then suddenly some people lost interest. And they're not selling as many phones as they're as I guess expected. Um I think that's interesting. I you know, I don't I don't think it's wild, I think it's interesting. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Um a lot going on in America right now that I don't even want to get into. One of the crazier things that happened in the last couple of days is Mark Binioff is a billionaire, right? And he starts bashing and taking shots at other tech executives, whether it be Twitter's Jack Dorsey or Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I love it when billionaires fight. I, I, there's something entertaining about it. So, but he calls Facebook the new cigarette, Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff compared using Facebook to a deadly cigarette addiction in a wide-ranging interview. I kind of agree. It, it's, it is such a time suck, and I think I could have lived without it. Will we ever turn on Facebook? He thinks that they should be regulated just like the cigarette industry. It's a product. Facebook's a product. Cigarettes are a product. They're addictive. It's not good for you. Could you say the same thing for Facebook. Uh, tech has some addictive qualities. That's a philosophical, like, thought, right? Like, let's—if tech is addictive, and as an addiction, we deem it a time suck and a productivity suck, and maybe it hurts your life. Maybe we need to rein that in. Where do you stand on that? I can tell you, my phone—I touch it like probably a thousand times a day. It feels like. And you're like, rather people used to not have cell phones. I get to a point where basically on some weekends I just turn it off. So anyhow anyway, um, you have to have big thoughts about companies you own. You have to have wide-ranging feelings about them. It can't just be scientific. I want to own a company for a long time, not for a short period of time. So that's out there, right? One of my favorite people to throw onto youtube when i'm alone this guy named scott galloway i think he's funny and i think he's insightful and i think he knows more about big tech because he thinks about it not as investment but he talks about them as investments he is a, i think a genius speaker if i could be him I, if i could have modeled my career after him i would have found him too late he recently said to scott galloway his name is scott galloway he, said he uh, does YouTube videos, lots of them. He, he was talking about Elon Musk, Jack Dorsey, and Larry Page. He said, stop smoking pot, grow up, and put on a tie. Now, you stop and think about that for just a second, and you never see, when you see Mark Zuckerberg in a tie, it's, it's like a weird moment, right? And you're like, he looks weird. Where's his hoodie? Um, Larry Page, same thing. Jack Dorsey, same thing. It's very California, right? I don't wear a tie on TV. I wear a hoodie. That's, That's disrespectful. Right, yeah. Anyway, let's play a little Scott Galloway, because I think he's really smart, and I want you to follow him. I I incorrectly called him Scott Galbraith last hour, Uh, but Scott Galloway, let's hear a little bit about his 2018. Okay, so this came out at the start of 2018, where he reviewed his 2017 predictions. I'm not going to play those for you, but he admitted he was right on some, he admitted he was wrong on others. Let's play a couple, uh, maybe a minute or two of his 2018 predictions, and listen to it and tell me, is he right or wrong? Did it play out this way?
2: And now our predictions for 2018. The breakup of big tech begins. Wage growth fails to materialize, and someone does the math highlighting that the heirs of Walden, Bezos, Zuckerberg, Gates, Brin, and Page will soon be worth more than two-thirds of U.S. households combined. Prediction. Amazon passes Apple in value. Prediction. Alexa emerges as the iPhone of the next decade, fueling Amazon descent past one trillion in market capitalization. Voice makes the mobile wars look like a border skirmish as big tech and the media industry try to establish their place in an increasingly Amazon world. Cryptocurrencies crash by over fifty percent in a month. That's pretty. That's a pretty wimpy prediction, but it's likely going to happen in the first quarter. It will then rocket past twenty thousand dollars as crypto, specifically Bitcoin, has become a chaos proxy, and we are headed towards a constitutional crisis, which will confirm that millennials are smart to not have trust in their institutions or the Federal Reserve. Prediction, the ad tech landscape goes from bad to worse as the industry's duopoly, Facebook and Google, cements the industry's structural decline. Large communications conglomerates shed 20 to 50 percent of their value when their growth engines, digital agencies, stall as, again, the duopoly begins making online creative and value-added services less Valuable. Twitter, Snap, BuzzFeed, and Pinterest are acquired or valued in subsequent rounds for between 25 and 50% less than their market highs, as all continue to underwhelm at the hands of the duopoly. Almost every digital marketing content, darling, Refinery29, AppNexus, etc., becomes a distressed asset. M&A activity hits a fever pitch of horizontal and vertical tie-ups as industry bulks up in response, again, to Amazon." Let's pause it for a second there, and we, we can pick it back up in a second. You can see that he says a lot of great stuff.
1: You can see that he's a smart guy. You can see that he's, he's missing some of it. Amazon passes Apple. That kind of is happening as Apple's finally starting to slip. But it makes you think. Like, these guys are big. Alexa is an operating system that's dominant. Have you seen how, how many people have uh, Amazon fires into their TVs? They've got things in their kitchen. They've got speakers everywhere. Alexa... Is being rolled out in other people's hardware, so you can say, "Hey Alexa, play this on your Sonos. and your Sonos speakers will play it. That's pretty cool. Cryptocurrencies crash; he's he it he was right on, but then he said it rockets to twenty thousand. He missed that one. Advertis advertising digital agencies, um, Facebook and Google kind of throw their weight around and hurt advertising tech companies who place ads right on. He said Snap and Twitter, maybe they all get acquired kind of thing. He's missed that one. But Snap has been a disaster. Getting investigated by the SEC now it's at an all-time low. So do yourself a favor and find some people other than me who are your gurus and your Buddhas on the mountain that you could learn from. His name's Scott Galloway. You find your own. I found him, and I, I like what he's, I like his stuff. He's got hundreds of videos. At times, you think that he doesn't like companies. He's just given a a solid opinion, and it's cool. I like solid opinions. I grew up in a family where we sat around the table at dinner, and we argued. To argue is, it's just a mathematical formula. It doesn't mean you don't like someone. It's just a mathematical formula. And as long as you had an opinion, it was supported. So some days we would fight about Republicans. Some days we would fight about Democrats, and we'd flip our opinions just to try to get smarter. Anyhow and anyway, want to get smarter, come meet a new Buddha and guru on the mountain. Uh, Big event this weekend in San Jose, California. It's Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar from 9.30 to 11.30. New location, never been here, the Rotary Center in San Jose. It's on 4th Street. Uh, Great time to do a little Christmas shopping afterwards. From 1 to 3, I'm going to be doing a Investing Beyond a 401k. I'm going to be hitting some concepts of wealth accumulation that I've done successfully, and and some of them i failed health savings accounts, investing in a franchise, Roth conversions, individual stock holdings, real estate. You can sign up for either or event by going to Rob Black Show. That's Rob dot com and use the code radio 25. See you there this Saturday.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220
1: KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. He compared using Facebook to a deadly cigarette addiction in a wide-ranging interview with journalist Kara Swisher, formerly of Recode. Off his previously clash with peers in the tech industry over policy issues. He went hard at Twitter CEO over the tax on big businesses in San Francisco that raise funds for the homeless. He's a big investor in the Bay Area. He's putting his, his money where his mouth is. Um, it's pretty fascinating stuff to see billionaires kind of like squabble. It's cool. 800. Five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Uber's starting a loyalty rewards program. That's kind of a smart idea because I think we've all used Uber and we've all used Lyft. And sometimes I don't feel really loyal to one or the other. And sometimes I'll check, you know, how, what the price is going to be. And I'll go with the cheaper too because a car's a car to me. Someone else's car is a car to me. I've never noticed that much difference in the service to material impact me. So that's out there. Um, let's bring in chad burton cfp chad burton to talk a little bit about financial planning he's gonna be with me this weekend at the big seminar in san jose two seminars in one day one for wealth preservation one for wealth creation chad joining me now cfp chad burton certified financial planner one of the things you do when you hire a financial planner is you put together a financial plan it needs to be updated it needs to be reviewed and you call that an annual review of a financial plan what do we need to know going into an annual review of a financial plan
3: Well, you know, when you're when you're younger, it's really making sure that your percentage of savings rate is on track, and the value of what you saved for retirement is on track for your age. Like, you know, forty two times your income saved up by then. If you're if you're not on track, what do you need to do to get on track? And then, what does your portfolio look like once you've retired? It's a much more detailed process, or even ten years prior to retirement. 10 years prior to retirement you're focusing on getting your budget really nailed down changing your portfolio so that you have some cash in a balanced portfolio so it's an altering your your portfolio from accumulation phase to getting ready for the decumulation phase or the in, the income phase. Yep. In retirement it's assessing where you are. You had a plan that at some point told you you're okay to retire. Do you need to make any adjustments and and what do you need to look at to make those adjustments?
1: It's interesting because a financial plan has obviously a lot of moving components, including the stock market, up markets and down markets. And in an up market, your financial plan may look a lot better. In a down market, you may get
3: a little more stressed.
1: Is, is that? Am I on the right track there?
3: Yeah. In fact, I see this in major corrections, like we. I mean, we dealt with it in the tech correction. We dealt with it in the Great Recession of two thousand eight and nine, where people looked at their portfolios and they felt like they had to reduce their spending by the amount their portfolios were down. Okay. Now, if you're a family, especially in the Bay Area, and the overall stock market at the bottom was down forty eight percent from the highs, right? If you're invested properly in retirement, you weren't gonna be down that much, but you know, maybe you're looking at a twenty percent decline. Um, the worst thing you could have done is panicked and sold, but that's a different segment, right? Yeah. But one of the other things you don't need to do is say, I need to reduce my spending this year by 20%. I mean, can you imagine that hit to your budget? Like, if you looked at what you're spending now and I have to cut 20% of my expenses out, that's very difficult. So, what you can do is calculate what adjustments do I need to make over a 30 to 35 year period and get back on track. And maybe that's only a 2% 2% to 3% reduction in your spending for a long period of time versus a 20% hit this year. You get what I'm saying? So it's a game yeah. of math, it's a game of looking at long-term projections. And then you know, here we are 10 years later and you could have increased your spending and then some because your portfolio is higher than even it was in 2007. You know who should so, do minor annual, adjustments? Do you know who should do annual
1: financial reviews? Football players. Because when they're young, they have the cash flow to cover all their expenses, including taxes mm-hmm. on the real estate and cars that they buy. And then they go bankrupt you know, two, three, four years after quitting the sport because they don't have that cash flow anymore. And I think some of the Bay Area kind of runs into that, too, because stock options and you know, big runs at Apple and Facebook. Suddenly you can find yourself with a second home. And when that goes away, the income, <laughs> you still yeah. have
3: to pay those bills. We see that that way too often with any celebrities or, or pro athletes. They just don't get the long term aspect of this isn't going to last forever in terms of the income. So you got to adjust your expenses or, or plan now. But I mean, you have to, re- in retirement, you have to take a look at your expenses every year. Are you on track? How is your portfolio done versus what you originally projected in your financial plan? Are you ahead of the game or behind the game? Then you have rental properties you might need to look at, and overall net worth, and taxes. We also have to review taxes every year. How much did you pay in taxes? Was your tax return done properly? I, I just was looking at a return last week where the CPA didn't see a 1099 from one company where uh, $6,000 was withheld. And so, they had to refile, and they got a $6,000 refund. So, mistakes are sometimes made, and the financial planner can catch those.
1: It's good to know. Anything else we need to know on the annual financial review? Is it... Is it do you feel judged at these things because people will compare you to the markets or are people pretty lenient
3: Wouldn't, well I mean you should always judge somewhat i mean there's you're going to be a certain amount of the portfolio is going to be tied to the market, a certain amount to fixed income and a certain amount to cash. The issue is that you need to be clear to your advisor, what you want to get out of the meeting. Okay. Right. Some, sometimes the advisor wants to focus on the numbers and the details, but there may be something that you need to know. So, you know, you're okay. So it's really a, a communication issue okay. and be clear on what you want to get out of the meeting versus the agenda of the advisor,
1: which is interesting to note because my family were incredibly social. So sometimes we get into meetings and we just want a gap. It could be about mm-hmm. buying a house, it could be about the kids, it could be about other things, but you have an agenda. Maybe write it down before you go in.
3: Yeah, that's so what I have my advisors do. Write down your agenda, but start the meeting with what are your main concerns, and let's deal with those first. And from the client perspective, uh, try not to gab. <laughs> this is a serious annual review.
1: Find <laughs> CFP Chad Burton at New Focus Financial. Dot com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can meet him at seminars. You can listen to his podcast. You could do all sorts of things at the website, newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, talking a little annual reviews on financial plan. Thanks, Chad. All right. Thanks, Rob. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Um, a listener sent me an email the other day, Rob at robblackshow.com. I've been listening to you for years, and now I listen to you on the podcast suite. He was basically talking about his mortgage on his home, $1.8 million. Not too shabby, huh? Nothing says success like a $1.8 million home. But he can only deduct up to $1.1 million with new tax laws. He says, should I pay down that mortgage? And I'm like, "Well, tell me more. <laughs> How much cash do you have? How much, uh, what's your rate on the mortgage? Is it 3.5% or is it 8.5%? You got to get a little bit more data. I service debt because all my mortgage rates are under four percent, and I try to get seven to ten percent out of the stock market, if not more. So I'm okay servicing debt, but also I have a okay, uh, scenario for worst case scenario. Let's talk investing this weekend in San Jose at the Rotary Center from nine thirty to eleven thirty. Chad's going to go over wealth uh, preservation and income in retirement. In from one to three, I'm going to go over. Uh, investing beyond a 401k, creating wealth. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code radio 25. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. As we look at the calendar, what do we see? Into the year, right? What do we do December 31st? We get sloppy drunk and kiss a girl at midnight. Usually, I think that's the idea, right? But we also make resolutions. Some people make a resolution to save more money. Probably the most popular one is what? I'm going to lose weight this year, right? I'm going to go to the gym more. Tends not to last. There's a report out... And this kind of scares me a little bit of how much obesity costs Americans. And if you want to see where politicians at some point in time may go, how about a fat tax? We've talked about soda taxes, right? Sugary drinks. Uh, People love to tax sin. And right now, it's not a sin to be fat. Maybe it's one of the seven deadly sins, sloth, right? Um... But it costs Americans $1.72 trillion. Now, you look at our deficit and you go, that's not good. We could pay off that deficit if people lost weight. Americans spend approximately $480 billion in direct health care costs on conditions related to risk factors of obesity and overweightness. Overweightness or being overweight? Probably that one. Lost economic productivity was hit at $1.2 trillion. You add that number with how much we spent on health care, and boom, boom. Let's go to the videotape. If you don't know who that is, you missed out on Warner Wolf. Back when uh, we did videotape. I know, I know, I know, I know. So anyhow and anyway, I am digressing. doesn't take me long, does it? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, Few Americans exercise as much as they're supposed to, and that adds up to $117 billion in annual health care costs. So what I'm pulling at right now is I'm giving you big research report numbers. One's by the Milken Institute, Um, this one by HHS, Health and Human Services, and they're very vastly different, right? Just a fraction of Americans are exercising as much as they're supposed to, costing the health care system billions of dollars and contributing to people dying early. The st- uh, research says 26 percent of men, 19 percent of women and 20 percent of adolescents meet the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services exercise recommendations, and that, that cost about 117 billion dollars in annual health care costs. It contributes to 10 percent of all premature deaths. When you go in and shop for a casket and you're like, "I'd like one the size of a, "Well, how shall we say this?" Right? That's brutal. PG&E is down... F- oh, so what I'm getting at there is that's a lot of money to our economy. And that's like why... I work in the television station and radio station. Television has a little bit more money than radio. Um, every year they do flu shots for their employees. Um, I've seen companies now say, you know, you have to go get blood work done uh, to be approved for our, our healthcare plan. They're like, whoa. Or for lower rates in your healthcare plan.
3: No way.
1: At Kron, the TV station I work for in San Francisco. The city, by the way. The city is so good. They only refer to it as the city and everyone knows what we're talking about. Sourdough bread. Overrated. Trolley cars. So, um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, my, uh, my TV station. San Francisco. Uh, they, they, they throw out Lysol wipes. Everywhere big old canister those things are expensive they're not cheap but they want everyone not to get the flu because we lose productivity when people have the flu so it's a little preventative maintenance now that's a great thought right there let's stop right there preventative maintenance instead of waiting for your car to break down do a tune not don't do a tune-up because i don't think tune-ups are done quite like they used to the technology inside cars have changed but take care of your car um It'll save you in the long run, preventative maintenance. I used to drive a, a convertible, and uh, I built it. It was a project of mine my senior year of high school, uh, my summer of that senior year. A friend of mine, and mine, we went to a junkyard, and basically someone was selling 18 barrels of parts of two that could basically become two Mazda, uh, well, not Mazda Miannas, but Miatas. I think that's right. No, uh, uh, spider. It was a spider. Um pretty cool car. But once I got it running, it was almost impossible to keep it running unless you did preventative maintenance. You with me against me? Um you could probably do a little preventative maintenance in your health. Brush your teeth, lose some weight, you'll live longer. You could probably do some preventative maintenance in your portfolio. Don't bet on one company. I got an email yesterday from a guy who says, most of my wealth is tied up in PG&E stock. So I'm guessing he was probably one of those guys who worked for PG&E. And they give him stock options. And he's screwed. I'm like, you need help, dude. When did you think it was a good idea to only own your company stock? And now he only owns his company stock. But he also works for them. So they pay his income which pays for his health care, which pays for his rent or mortgage. So do a little preventative maintenance. Global stock market's under pressure today. Japan eked out a gain. I know, we're kind of paying attention to this kind of stuff. Apple's got some bad news. Rod Hall at Goldman Sachs cut his Apple price target 12% from 240 buckaroos down to 209. Guggenheim analyst Robert Chara. He downgraded Apple. Apple has 28 buys and 21 holds. So this is interesting to watch the downgrade parade come. I know, who doesn't love a parade, right? I'll be honest with you. If you've ever lived in New York City, no one loves a parade who lives in New York City. And every weekend there's a parade. And I'm not knocking the, the, the groups. The Irish parade, the Spanish parade, the Latin American parade. There's hundreds of groups. Hundred, The Puerto Rican parade is particularly particularly annoying with noise so i hate parades i in the granddaddy of the Mall, the thanksgiving day parade macy's parade hate it i will i'll say this i won't shop at macy's ever again until they cancel that parade i don't need to see floats i don't need to see floats what a waste of money on when you see the, like the rose bowl parade i'm sorry but what a waste of money I'd walk every step of the mile and think it was really worthwhile to see a parade I, marching down the line. I have no clue where, where my producer pulled that one from, but congratulations, you, you made me smile. Ten Cent Holdings, a Chinese company. They beat analyst expectations handily. A lot of what's going on with China right now in the United States. Will we or won't we? She loves me, she loves me not with Donald Trump. Make a deal. Chinese tech companies have struggled in 2018. So it's nice to see Tencent beat analyst expectations. But it's also worth $330 billion. Like Apple, when it was worth a trillion. We've had a couple companies march up to almost a trillion, then fall apart to never get close again. Apple got above, and then we started to say, okay, when's Amazon going to get their their day? They got above, and they pulled back. Trillion dollars is a big number. So you write it down, and it's it's tough to become two trillion. One dollar to two dollars is pretty easy. One trillion to two trillion is another journey all on its own. Chinese tech companies have struggled in 2018. So when a company like a Tencent Holdings reports numbers, we pay attention. Maybe a Tencent's not your play. Maybe it's Baidu. Baidu's falling 21 percent year to date. Alibaba. I just like saying Alibaba. I'm going to be honest with you. Baba. Baba booey. Like it's fallen 15%. is down 15% from its all-time highs. Baidu down 21%. Tencent shares are down 33%. So you look at those three companies and you go, okay, they're all big. They got that going for them, or the, it is what it is. But Tencent's fallen the most. So when you start looking at price-to-sales ratios, price-to-earnings ratios, when you start looking at what uh, profit margins are, maybe you can make an investment decision and say, I want a Chinese company, maybe I'll buy an index, I was watching Real Sports recently. Have you ever watched Real Sports on HBO? It's probably my favorite show because they they just do stories that are crazy. They did one recently about a guy who in St. Louis kind of invented the index fund. So he's got more money than he knows what to do with. And he became bored. And he liked the game of chess. Couldn't play it worth a darn, but he, he liked it. So he sponsored like, world chess championships in st louis that chess players come to st louis and he gives up the prize money the united states has a chance for the first time ever since bobby Fischer to beat russia uh, but not in this case russia is like he's swedish magnus Lunderson or something like that i probably made up that name but uh usa usa can you feel the pride if we win the national the world national Ch- chess championship chess is a great game by the way but uh Odd, odd way to spend your money, huh? If you're a billionaire, sponsor chess players as athletes. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I smell a movie in this one. Big seminar coming up in San Jose. Two of them this weekend. One for wealthy people, one for who, people who want to get wealthier. You can learn more by going to Rob Black's show. Sign up for the events at, uh, using code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Big event on the 17th this Saturday in San Jose. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I have no negative feelings in my heart for people who like Taylor Swift or Katy Perry. To each their own, right? I think it's kind of cool. Every now and then you see a singer come along and uh, capture the minds of young girls or young boys. There's Korean, South Korean pop bands that are international, how shall we say, celebrities. One of them is fighting with Taylor Swift right now, saying that her number one status is a little bit wonky because she's using robots to play Spotify all day long, of just her music, so that she climbs the charts. And you're like, do people really have that much in them that they would do that? And I I think the answer is yes. What I did to become successful after college was I worked people. If I could have had a robot do it, you know, Rob Black 2.0, I, I'm in. So that's out there. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak was in the news yesterday. And he was talking a lot about, you know, uh, Apple's performance and what they could do. One of the things that he said that was kind of interesting, uh, and, and I kind of believe, I, I, I'm going with this. He's a technologist. I don't know how much of a technologist he is. But it is fun to look to the future of technology, right? At one point in time, a couple of years ago, he said, I think Apple should make the first self-driving car. You know, Tesla was talking about it, and, you know, there's all, you know, Uber. Who's going to do it? Who's going to crack the code? But now he said something along the lines of, from seeing what Tesla does, he, it's going to be more of assistive driving than it is little things like spot red lights and stop signs. It'll help you avoid some accidents, he believes. And I, I'm kind of with that. He owns a Tesla, and I know where he lives. Um, I can see his house kind of thing. Uh, I don't have any desire to stalk him or anything like that. But I do like hearing him talk. Is there anyone like that with you? There's uh, one guy that I've played on the show before, a guy named Scott Galbraith. He's from New York University, and he really talks about big brands like Google and Amazon and Apple. And uh, he got to toot his own horn recently. Because he was asked on CNBC or someone like that, where do you see Amazon putting their two headquarters? And he called it perfectly. He said New York and Washington because that 53-year-old billionaire, Jeff Bezos, wants to be in those cities sometimes. So, they, they, of course, they pull him up on CNBC yesterday or when the news broke that's exactly what's happening. And uh, he yelled out the word disco. Not touchdown. Not I got it right. Not see I told you so. I guess... Woo-hoo! And I'm thinking of stealing that and appropriating it as mine. Would that work for you? Probably not, right? So good news, bad news. Um, we spend way too much on credit cards during the holidays. And the bad news is it's good for, I love the points of them. And I'll put all my Christmas cards spending on a card. But I'll pay it off by that statement when it when it comes in January. Black Friday is right around the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, one in four of you, one in four of you are still paying off credit cards from last holiday season. Awesome. Disco! See how it works? It's so easy to overspend. When you hear this music, and the fireplace is crackling, you know it's Christmas time, right? You feeling it? You start thinking, man, that Mike Matthews, Oops, I shouldn't say his last name. Man, that Mike, he's a good guy. Awesome. He's a great producer. I should get him a gift. And you know what? Nah, we just work together. I shouldn't get him a gift, because I can't get everyone gifts who are nice, but I'll get him a gift. It'll probably be a butt cake, because oh, everyone likes is butt this cakes. this great? But I got a little more discretionary money than some people do, and I remember in my 20s, I came up with a concept. Write down a list of top 10 people you want to get gifts for and just do the top three. Right? I know. I know. That's like the genius, right? Don't buy people books. You never want to buy people books. That shouldn't be your thing. Shouldn't be your thing. Let people buy their own books. Disco! Does it work? I don't think so. But I'm going to keep trying it. So Americans are still grappling with debt, a lot of debt. And 73% say they've got a plan to use credit cards this year. That's up from 58% last year. No! They're also expected to take roughly 14 weeks on average to pay off their credit card purchases, up from 2.3 months that it typically took to erase that debt last year. Okay, so let's do the math. 14 weeks is four weeks a month. So that's 1, 12. That's three and a half months. Last year, it was 2.3 months. Do you see a debt problem in America? When, I, when my dad bought a car when I was a little boy... And I sit on my daddy's lap. I said, Daddy, how many years is it going to take you to pay off this fine automobile? It was a Chrysler K car. Three-year loan. Now seven-year loans are normal. That Chrysler K car was like $23,000, and Lee Iacocca made it and saved America. He made America great again before other people made America great. I don't know. I got to be careful where I go with this, right? But point-of-sale loans are also something that's starting to crop up. Such loans vary by company by company, retailer to retailer. Consider using a credit card with a 0% annualized rate and pay it off quickly. I mean, there's ways of doing this, but man, it's getting crazy. So just watch your debt, please. Because credit card debt, student loan debt, national debt, holiday debt, like it's too much. And we can bend until we break, but we're going to break. Don't be that person. Little Bee Gees. I don't think we've ever played the Bee Gees on this show.
2: Right.
1: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar this weekend in San Jose at the Rotary Center. Two of them. One for wealth preservation. One for wealth creation. Learn more at Rob Black Show and use the code RADIO25 and sing along the Bee Gees.
0: Disco!